today's bible passage is taken from john chapter 14 verses 5 to 14 john chapter 14 verses 5 onwards if you don't have a bible we have bibles at the back feel free to grab one it's our gift to you verse 5 thomas said to him lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really knew me you would know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him philip said lord show us the father and that will be enough for us jesus answered don't you know me philip even after i've been among you such a long time anyone who has seen me has seen the father How can you say show us the father don't you believe that i am in the father and the father is in me the words i say to you are not just my own rather it is the father living in me who is doing his work believe me when i say that i am in the father and the father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves i tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me will do what i have been doing he will do even greater things than these because i am going to the father and i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father you may ask me for anything in my name and i will do it well good morning everyone uh again if you're new my name is rg i'm the associate pastor here in tengabi baptist church um let me to pray before we start heavenly father we We thank you for your grace. We thank you for for your love, and we thank you for your words. Father, I ask that uh, my preparation and my words that I have today uh, will be from you. That you will turn these messages from you, O oh Lord. These I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today we happy Mother's Day, uh, but we do not have a special Mother's Day sermon. Not because we don't think moms are uh, are not special, but for the reason that we do not. want to treat uh Mother's Day or Father's Day for the same reason uh, like Easter or Christmas where we do a special segment uh every year. Uh we do want to celebrate it, we want to honor it, but at the same time we don't uh, we don't want to kind of sanctify it um in in that way. And so today we just are, we're just finishing our our sermon series in our uh tough question series. Uh and last week we said that Christianity is reliable because it is historically uh verifiable that the Bible itself that you can verify it uh, and therefore it's worth really uh, exploring and considering especially if you are not a Christian. And furthermore we said that the Bible uh, speaks to us um uh, from God's from from God himself that the bible is God's word that it is personal he speaks to us in a very relatable uh way uh which then begs the question that we have today well how about other religions can other religions be also true can god speak to other religions the way he's speaking uh in the bible to us today well as we have read the short answer is no uh it says that Other religions cannot also be true because we have passages like we read uh, John 14 verses 6 to 7 it says quite clearly Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him so as we can see from this uh verse that it's it's an objective truth it's claiming that it's not about your personal opinion it's truth it's objective truth 
At the same time, it's a very exclusive claim. It's saying that no one, nothing else is right, no other religion is right aside from this. Jesus said, no one goes to the Father except through me. Uh, and I think from, from there, we can see that this is a very reason why Christianity is often hated, because it seems to be very narrow. It seems to be a very arrogant claim. And so that's why they say that Christ, Christians are very intolerant. That in a, uh, and, you know, in today's society, being intolerant is really the worst crime, right? Society will tell you, like, you, you have to accept other people's belief, because how can there be just one true faith? Like, it's very pretentious to say that your religion is the only right religion. Or other people will say that, look, all religions, they have some good in them, that they're all, they're all equally valid, and it doesn't really matter uh, which God you follow, what matters is that you believe in God and you do what's right in life, that you do good towards others. That's what matters. Now, how do we respond to that? As Christians, how do we respond to those claims? Now, I would like to argue today three things why even though, as we can see, Christianity makes such an exclusive claim, like John 14, that at the same time, it is a very logical claim. But even more, I want to show you what's so appealing with the Christian claim. So I want to show you three arguments that I want to present. Firstly, I want to show you what problems we have with exclusive claims and, and what problems it creates in our society. Secondly, I want to argue that everyone is making an objective and exclusive claim, regardless of your religion or your irreligion, okay? That every belief system is claiming to have some truth or the truth. Uh, and thirdly, I want to show you why Christianity uh, is actually a, a very logical and a very, has a very appealing worldview uh, compared to others, okay? Those, those are three things, three points for today. So firstly, the problem with exclusive claims in our society. Uh, almost 50 years ago, John Lennon uh, gave us this very profound and deeply uh, attractive philosophical argument. He says this, and it's, it's very hard not to sing it, but I won't. He says that, imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us, there's only sky. Now imagine all the people living for today, imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Now what is he saying there? He's arguing that the main cause of conflict and dissensions, both individually and nationally, are political ideology and re your religious beliefs. He's saying that the reason why we don't have world peace is because of politics and religious claims. Right? That's what he's saying. And that's why we say that politics and religion are the two things that you should really avoid in a discussion. Now, I want to start by saying that I do agree with John Lennon, that if you look at world history, or even if you look at just the last century, the reason for the Cold War, the reason for the, for the, for the World War, we can, we can derive it from communism, from capitalism, from, from political ideology. But at the same time, it's hard not to admit that the 9-11 terrorist attack, the ongoing Islamic war against uh, Sunni and Shiite, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that's happening now, the Sudanese civil war, and a lot of other conflict in Europe can also be traced back to religious beliefs, right? So I would agree that religion 
generally has a, has a tendency to divide people. It has a very strong tendency to create conflict amongst human beings. It has a very, in fact, I'll admit that even so-called Christians use religion as a reason to as a, as a reason for oppression and violence. And we have seen that uh, in the late century and even from the, from the past. Why is that? Why does religion create so much problems and dissonance? Because members, often members of a particular religion, will often elevate themselves in the society, right? It's quite natural for a particular religion or any belief system to feel somehow superior towards others who doesn't believe like them. So they'll start to think, well, I believe in this, or I belong to this, therefore, I am better than those people who don't do or don't believe what I believe. And so religion can sometimes create this very uh, sanctimonious understanding of oneself, that religion can make you very judgmental towards other people who don't believe like you do. And because you, you think, uh, you think um, and because they don't think like you, you start to, to separate yourself from those people. So you start to create this religious bubble, right? You tend to pull away from, from all those impure people. And because you don't know them, you start to believe the worst about them. And the next thing you know, you're just full of arrogance and hatred towards those people that don't believe like you do. It can happen to anyone. It happens in, in Christianity even. It happens to us. And so what do we do? What Society will say, therefore, we don't, want, we don't want that happening. Therefore, keep your religion to yourself. Confine religion to, to the private realm. They say, go ahead, have your religion. Feel free to practice your religion in the, in, in, by yourself, but keep it private. Don't, don't bring it to work. Don't force it on other people. Don't let it affect other people. Just keep it to yourself. Keep religion to yourself. That's the answer, they say. They say, for example, that if you are a politician, well, don't let it affect your, your judgment. If you're an educator, if you're a teacher, well, don't let it affect your philosophy or, your, or the principles that you have to teach. If you're a doctor, don't let it affect your responsibility of care. But see, we know it's not that easy because you really can't talk about, when it comes to ethics and philosophy and human flourishing and, and striving for what is good in our society without, without bringing in your personal beliefs, without involving your own worldview. Because our private beliefs will always, will always affect our public life. One Christian um, apologist and philosopher he argues that every, he says that every human being will have to answer four important questions in order to make sense of their life. And your answer to these four things will greatly affect every area of your life. And the four, the four things are these. Origin, purpose, morality, and destiny. He's saying, you have, everyone has to answer these four. He's saying that you have to answer, where did you come from? Were you an accident or were you created? Because then that will affect your purpose. That will determine, do you have a meaning in life? Or because you're just an accident, that you have to create your own meaning in life. Thirdly, how do you know what is right and wrong in our life? Or, again, because we're all an accident, that you just create whatever is right and whatever is wrong. And lastly, we have to answer, well, where do we go after this? 
is there going to be a final judgment? Is there going to be hell? Or this life is it? See, all four, you're either consciously or subconsciously answering those questions, and it's affecting every decision that you have. Whether, whatever priorities you have in life, whatever values you have, and, and it will influence every area of your life. For example, if you are a politician, right, and, and, you, and you, have to make, uh, you have to decide about divorce laws and policies in our society, and you want to make a law that's, that's really good for humanity, whatever is good for, for human beings. But see, that decision will depend on your interpretation of human flourishing and your own personal understanding of human nature. Because if I ask you, if I ask that politician, well, what is the purpose of marriage? See, on one hand, on one extreme, if you believe that the purpose of marriage is just personal happiness, right? We get married so that we can be happy, which is a very Western view, then you will make divorce very easy because as soon as people are unhappy, you can, you can go, you can let go, it's fine. But on the other extreme, if you believe that the purpose of marriage is primarily for the benefit of children, for the benefit of our society, which is a very Eastern view, right? You think then, doesn't matter if you're happy or unhappy, it's for the family, that's what's important. So then you're going to make divorce really, 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 really hard. See, either way, you cannot separate your personal beliefs with your public decisions. And you cannot just say, well, we'll just do whatever works. Because even one, one pastor argues this. Um, T- Timothy Keller, he says, sorry. He says, Pragmatisms, pragmatists say that we should leave our, leave our, deeper, uh, sorry, our deeper world values behind and find consensus about what works. But our view of what works is determined by what we think people are. Any picture of happy human life that works is necessarily informed by deep-seated beliefs about the purpose of human life. Even the most secular pragmatists come to the table with a deep commitments and narrative accounts of what it means to be human. He's saying, if you're coming in as an atheist, and you think you're not bringing in any biased understanding, you still have this set of beliefs that you're answering, and that governs how you think. Everyone has a set of beliefs that determines everything else in their life. The same thing if you are a teacher, right? If you're an educator, the state, the government gives you, tells you, well, this is what you should teach. This is the, the state-approved curriculum. Uh, maybe, I don't know what they teach, but maybe they're saying that, well, to be general, we'll teach the theory of accidental evolution, that something came out of nothing. But that will implicitly also teach that the whole purpose of life is to fight for survival. And so it's natural for the strong to eat the weak. It's, ev- it's just evolution. And so everything that we believe about love and desire is nothing but a chemical reaction inside you that's needed for the survival of our species. See? So even if you're not a religious person, that might go against your personal values and principles that there is something bigger and more meaningful in life. So even if you're an atheist or an agnostic, you cannot say that your personal beliefs doesn't affect those around you. They will always be a clash of belief system somewhere. Our own 
personal beliefs about origin, purpose, morality, and destiny affects every area of our life. Sure, we can limit our, our casual conversations to sports and weather, but it's impossible for your personal belief not to come out and not affect the things around you. And so this is why we really cannot hide religion in the private realm. Which leads us to our next point. Everyone, I would like to argue, is making an exclusive claim. That all belief system is an objective claim. All religion and all belief system is saying that they have the ultimate truth. Even if you say that all religion have some good in them, I'll show you why even that in itself is an exclusive claim. But let me do the easy ones first. Let's look at some of the major religions. Christianity, it claims that Jesus is God. And unless you believe in him, you can have no part of him. Islam, they have the Shahada, which the main belief that there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the prophet. Right? Muhammad is the ultimate prophet who reveals God. That's, again, an objective and exclusive claim. Hinduism claims that the ultimate reality is about getting out of this reincarnation process and to be part of the supreme soul out there. And so the whole purpose of life is to find oneness with this great spirit by doing good to others. And so there's this balance of good and evil until you reach there, until you reach that. Buddhism says that the goal in life is to let go of all your desires, right? And, and to escape suffering. If you, if, you don't, if you don't love anything, then you won't suffer. And you want to reach this nirvana. Again, it's the spiritual enlightenment. Again, a very uh, exclusive belief. But if you look at that, every single one is claiming something exclusive. Now, yes, there's some similarities, but every single one is claiming to have the truth. Even Hinduism that embraces all religion is claiming that something that other religions are not. And so, either Christianity is right, or maybe Islam is right, or Hinduism is right, or none of them is right. Every religion is either right or they're wrong in their, in their claim. Therefore, it's an exclusive claim. But see, even if you're an atheist, it's either you are right that there is no God, but again, it's that there's no objective purpose, that there's no final judgment, or you're completely wrong. But either way, either atheism or Christianity or Islam is the right one. How about if you say, well, all religion have some good in them, that all religion somehow leads to God? Well, in the same way, it's either that is true or it's not. Uh, often we're given this uh, illustration of blind men um, and, and the elephant. So the illustration is a group of blind men, they come up to an elephant and they're all asked to describe, well, tell me what an elephant is like. So they all grab different parts of the elephant. One says that, well, he's feeling the trunk. He says, no, elephant is like a snake, right? It's, it's long and it's a very flexible animal. Another one is holding the leg and he says that, no, 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 elephants are, they're short and stout, but they're strong and they're stiff creatures. They're like a dinosaur. Another person is like, no, 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 he's feeling the side and he says, like, it's, it's very flat, but it's huge and it's very rough. It's like a wall. So they all begin to argue because each one is saying, no, 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 your view of the elephant is wrong. Now, the point of the illustration is that no one is fully right and no one is fully wrong because because they're only describing what they know about the elephant, right? So they're grasping something, but they're all describing different things of the same picture. Now, a lot of people would argue 
This is the same thing with religion. All religion, they see part of the spiritual truth. Nobody can see the whole thing. Therefore, no one should insist that they have the entire truth, right? But what's the problem with that view? Again, this view is very popular and because they think it's uniting all belief system. It seems that it's more accepting towards other people's worldview. But in reality, it's actually a very exclusive claim in the same way. Why? Because how do you know that all these blind men only have the partial truth? How do you know that, that these blind men, like, they're not seeing the bigger picture? Unless someone else can see the whole truth. Unless someone else can see the whole elephant. See, people who claim that every religion has some good in them and is also claiming in, in, in a way that they're the only one that can see the bigger picture, that can see the bigger elephant, and they're claiming that they're the only person that is not blind, which is a very objective and exclusive claim itself because they're saying, I'm the only person here who's not blind. They're basically saying that Christianity is blind, Islam is blind, all the other religion, I see the big picture. That all religion leads to God. Therefore, I'm right and you should listen to what I say because I can guide you to the truth. That's really what they're saying. So if you tell me not to force my religion on other people because all religion is right, you're doing the very same thing you're telling me not to do. You are pushing your belief system on me. Do you see that? See, look at this quote from the Dalai Lama, which sounds like a very tolerant and loving claim. He says that human beings, by nature, they have a tendency to construct exclusive and objective claims in their pursuit of truth and understanding. It is vital for us to recognize that our individual perspectives, no matter how deeply held, are subjective interpretations of the vast and complex reality we inhabit. Only through open-mindedness, empathy, and the willingness to engage in genuine dialogue can we hope to transcend the limitations of our personal biases and approach and more comprehensive understanding of our shared experience. He's saying everyone is claiming to be right, right? Objective claim. But then he goes, in fact, everyone is wrong because everyone is being subjective. Then he goes, what is right is to have an open mind, to, be, to have open-mindedness, so you can find a more transcendent understanding. And so he's really claiming that he has found the truth by being open-minded, but that in itself is an objective claim. See, everybody thinks that their understanding of the spiritual reality of, is the truth, that it is better than everybody else. Therefore, everyone, even if, you think, even if you think that you're being tolerant or accepting towards other religion, you're, you have a set of exclusive beliefs, even the very person that wants to embrace all belief system. See, what John Lennon is saying in his song, that the way to find peace is to abolish all pol political ideologies and religion, which is, again, a very objective and exclusive claim. He's doing what he's asking others not to do, to push your belief system on others. Therefore, if everyone is making an exclusive claim anyway, that, that, that our belief system, and, and we know that our belief system greatly affects everything around us, 
then I think the more important question is, then which one is the right one? Which leads us to our third point, and I'm just going to argue very briefly and quickly why you should at least, if you're not a Christian, why you should at least consider and think of what Christianity is offering, because it, is, it has a very logical and appealing reason. Let me show you three things that are quite unique in the Christian faith compared to other religions, and let me argue how these, um, how these truths um, affect how we live as Christians. Firstly, the incarnation of Jesus. No other major religion claims that God became, becomes man. Every other religion says that the founder is a human being only. He's not God. And these founders will always point you the way to God right, or the way to heaven and so on. Again, Islam says that Muhammad is, is a, he's a human prophet and he's only pointing you to Allah. In, Buddhiz, in Buddhism, Buddha is a guy who, who was meditating in the woods one day and he found enlightenment and he's sharing the key to that enlightenment. Even Judaism, what's the, who's the father of Judaism? Abraham and Moses and so on. They're pointing you towards God. They've got the law that God has given. But Christianity says that here's God. He comes to us in the world, God in flesh, which is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus doesn't just say, oh, here's a way to God. He's claiming, I am the way. I am the Son of God. I am God. Secondly, a unique feature of Christianity is the type of salvation that it offers. A lot of other religion is about escaping the flesh, getting out of the, this material, disgusting world. And the, entire, the, the ultimate reward is, is spiritual realm. Therefore, therefore, all um, other religions say that the problem is this physical world. Therefore, get out of this physical world, right? But Christianity says, Christianity says, here's God. He becomes flesh in order to restore the physical world. God comes back to life, the resurrection. And he didn't just, he didn't just get a new body. He restored his dead body. He brought it back to life. Why? The whole purpose of salvation is not escape, but it's restoration. Salvation is when God gets rid of death, gets rid of disease and poverty and injustice. It means that Christian faith is about caring about the physical reality now. Christianity is not just about going to to a a spiritual um, heaven. It's a restoration of the created order now. It's having the physical world restored to its fullness and greatness. Thirdly, the way of salvation. In all other religions, we're told in order to receive salvation, you have to perform. You have to say the right words. You have to sacrifice the right way. You have to have the right rituals. It's about doing good to others or, or entering some sort of suffering in order to be saved. And then and only then can God save you. But Christianity says it's not about what you do. It's not about, it's not about what you say. It's about what Jesus has done for you. That's why in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, this is love. Again, objective claim. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son for us as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Christianity says God comes down becomes human to live the life that we cannot live and to die sacrificially the death that we should have died. And Jesus died in our place and pays the penalty of our sins. Now let me explain. Let me explain how this belief system should create peace rather than than what John Lennon is offering. Firstly, if your belief system 
if your belief system in order to receive salvation is about performance, if you believe that salvation is about what you do, then as we said, you will just fear, you will just feel superior towards others all the time. And that's what we said the problem is, that your self-righteousness will, will just, you'll just look down on other people thinking that, look at these people, they don't, they don't do what I do, they're not as good as I am. Or even if you're, even if you're not religious, You'll say that, oh, look at these this primitive religious people. They're the problems of the world. See, each group will just look down on each other, but the gospel is a system that tells you that you're a nobody to begin with. You're not saved because you're smart. You're not saved because you perform well. You're not saved because you're virtuous. The gospel says you're a sinner saved by, purely by grace alone. How dare you look down on other people? You, you are a sinner, but you're saved by grace. And unless you admit that you're no better than everybody else, you cannot receive salvation, as Jesus said. Therefore, the Christian gospel leads you to become a humble person. It prevents you from thinking that you're, you're better than other people. It allows you to be more sympathetic towards other people. Even, even to those people who, who don't believe the way you do. Because you know that there's nothing in you that could have saved yourself. That it is purely by grace. And this is why Jesus, as we've seen in the New Testament, that Jesus constantly rebuked religious leaders because they think they have it all sorted out, that they feel superior. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't have salvation. You don't know what's going on. You're the blind person here. Secondly, Christianity is not just about getting people converted or just about doing good. Look at the ministry of Jesus. It was a ministry, ministry of truth, and it was a ministry of action, of love. Words and deeds always went together. He preached the coming kingdom constantly, but at the same time, we see Jesus healing the sick. He's commanding people to, to, to love and care for the poor. And after his resurrection, he said, I'll come back to restore all things. He'll bring social order. He'll bring spiritual order. He'll bring physical order back again. Again, all other religions will say, all that matters is the next life. Therefore, what's important is to convert people into your religion. Or, or what matters is this life. Don't worry about what's next. There's no next. In Christianity, the goal is the restoration of the spiritual realm and the physical world. Where death and poverty and disease and evil, all the sufferings are gone and evil is defeated. And so, therefore, Christianity is, is saying that we have the same mission as God to bring renewal in all sectors of life. That as Christians, we should, we should care about injustice. As Christians, we should care about global warming. As Christians, we should find the cure for cancer. Because that is the same work of God. As Christians, we should care about world hunger. Because it's all related to the goal and work of God in bringing restoration and cure and peace in our world. It's to bring spiritual renewal and physical restoration. I hope you've seen that, yes, Christianity, as we've argued, is very objective and it's a very exclusive religion. It's saying that Jesus is the only God and, he can, and he's the only one who can bring salvation. At the same time, I hope you can see that Christianity is also a very inclusive belief. Christianity says that there is only one truth, and the truth is that there is no salvation aside from Jesus, 
But at the same time, it's saying that you can go to Jesus. You can come as you are. He loves you regardless of your race, regardless of your social economic status, regardless of your, of your criminal record. Yes, you are not worthy to receive salvation, but by believing in him, he will restore you and he will restore the, restore the world. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Again, very exclusive. But everyone is welcome to receive the love and peace that he offers. Now, isn't that a religion worth considering? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing yourself through your son and through your word. But Lord, we need your spirit to reveal yourself to us. So Lord, may you speak to individual people that you are a personal God, that you do care for them, and you want a restoration of themselves. And Lord, we pray that you will bring restoration in here in Tungabi, in our church, in our lives, and in our world one day. Amen.